no dice. Now Diame. Oh, Diame! A diamond of a goal from Mohamed Diame. 20 minutes to play in the playoff final. And Hull City hit the front. Well, you wondered, with Kieran Westwood in outstanding form, was it going to take something spectacular? And my word, he has just produced an absolute stunner. Hello and welcome to another episode. Oops, hang on, I've lost Dan. Where are we? There we go. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Flashback Series of Podcasts. Uh, I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Dan. How are you? Um, yeah, look, I'm all right. Um, I mean, there's a going to talk about uh, some, you know, some positive positive moments um, in the club's history, so that won't be too bad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and look at you know coming off a, a win over Leicester in the league this season as well. It's um, we've sort of mi- mistimed or misaligned these flashback episodes. It would have been fun to be doing uh, the bicycle double bicycle kick game against Leicester, but that of course will be still to come in our following episode. Um, but yeah, this one we're looking back on the second half of that 2015-2016 season, um, which of course culminated in uh, Diami's goal at Wembley for City. Um, but we'll jump into it. Um, we did a bit of discussion a um, couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, a month or so ago uh, on the first half of the season. And um, I guess looking at the second half of the season in particular, um, I guess it was sort of headlined by the fact that we got Rob Snodgrass back from injury and it was sort of that cliched, like a new signing, as tends to happen with those players who've been out with long-term injuries. Um, we also saw uh, City come through a pretty lean patch in that December period that we, we touched on last time and enter a real stretch of good form in the, in the start of the second half of that season where we only dropped the one game in uh, February between the 1st of January and uh, the 26th of February. We only had the one loss. So really sort of got our, um, our ourselves back together and, and really went on a bit of a run, almost, almost made it to the automatic spots but fell a bit short to land in the promotion places. But... I guess looking back on that second half of the season, you know, we only brought it the one player in um, on loan from United and Nick Powell, who we'll talk about in a little bit um, as probably the only transfer business that we did. But, um, yeah, I, I guess overall thoughts on, on that second half of the season to kick us off, Dan? Um, yeah, look, I think it was it, it was a nice ride, really. Um, you know... Uh, obviously, the you know f- finishing off in you know the playoffs. I think realistically, it was probably like with with the, over the balance of the season, a little bit just disappointing at the time. Um, it really felt like for, for long stretches that we were you know we were in that top two that we would um, you know we'd, we'd be an automatic um, promotion. But um, so as you said, a couple of lean, a couple of little lean periods where we just couldn't quite get it together across the course of the season. Um, Ensured that we just missed out, um, but you know, did did it the hard way, but but got it done. So I think, like, it was one of those. It, it was just, I don't know, it's just a nice over, overall good feelings. That's all I've really like. Really yeah. got. I think, as you say, with like Snodgrass, like coming back. I think you know, there were there were times. I think, even though we were, we still like won plenty of games without him. I think there were times where. 
once he was back, we recognised like what a big asset he really was. You know, the, his set piece delivery, um, you know, his ability to, you know, wh whip in good balls, you know, um, was probably unmatched by anyone else in that squad. So um, was um, really was like almost you know a new signing, um, but yeah, cru crucial sort of um, return and return to form really quickly as well, which was um, which is not always the case from a long um on return from a long injury so yeah that's it and, and i think i can't remember the exact game that he came back in but certainly that wolves game stands out um towards the end of the season we won it 2-1 uh where snodgrass got the winner in the 94th minute and, and as you say there his sort of set piece delivery was on show in that game with that that winning goal um and he he did strike me as a sort of player where i think if he'd been fit when we were relegated he may well not have stuck around um but really proved to be a difference in a number of games in that second half of the season and, of course, the following season back in the Premier League. Um, but it is wild. Like, you sort of look at, you know, I think we dropped 11 games for the season and you think, you know, obviously in the current season, <clears throat> we're sort of, you know, harbouring the same ambitions to, to potentially make it to the playoffs or, or or go one better. And you think the margins are so fine where you think 11, 11 losses in a 46-game season isn't, you know, it's not a huge number. It's not a disastrous season. So to think that, um, at the time, I suppose, that the, the mentality was probably a little bit of disappointment that we hadn't made the automatic spots. And you think the margins are so fine to, to whether you make those automatic spots or, or just miss out. Yeah, I think, you know, when you, as you said, like 11 in 46, it's like, you know, it's dropping one game every four sort of, like, mm. which is not like, you know, pick nine points out of 12 every month, you'd be pretty happy with. Um, you know, in general, but then to, yeah, when you, you look at across the season and how many, you know, how it adds up and, um, yeah, it's it's a bit crazy that it can come, you know, how, how close it can all um, sort of what it can come down to. Um, so, because I think, you know, we've been talking about, it, you know, even our current season and the start we've had and how, you know, some people, there's still people who are viewing that as not, um, you know, a sensational start to the season. You know, you know we're picking up more points than we're dropping. We've been, we're in a good position. So um, I think, yeah, it's just, um, it is, I mean, it's it's fine margins. I think that's, you know, why it's particularly with the, the champions always referred to it's, you know, the hardest league to get out of because mm. it, it almost seems like, you know, you can always pinpoint in, in every team that either misses out on automatics or misses out on the playoffs that you can almost always point to that one game that got away that, you know, that, that sort of scuppered their chances. And maybe the wildest part about all this as well is, is just touching on the off-field context as well before we, we go on to the players specifically. And this is when City rolled out their uh, membership campaign, which, of course, we still have to this day. And and I suppose as Australians is something we're reasonably familiar with, the concept of paying a monthly fee for your membership rather than buying a season ticket at the start of the year. Um, so I think the principle of the scheme wasn't overly uh, controversial or overly detrimental in that sense. But I think the fact that they were saying to the to the, the supporters, you know, you've got to earn your stripes and they had this loyalty scheme and they were saying to these people that have been around for years and years supporting the club, um, you basically have to start from scratch and prove your loyalty, really rankled people. I think the fact that they were trying to get people to move out of the seats they'd been in for years and years and um, uproot and find new spots in the stadium didn't go down too well either. And, of course, I think there was um, probably issues around discounting for pensioners and kids that they just basically charged them all a flat fee, which 
no doubt didn't help things either. And so we had protests. We had, you know, red card protest. I can't recall if this was the season where we also had, uh, was it we threw softballs onto the pitch or something as well, or that, if that was a different season. But there were a lot of protests. So you think sort of on a backdrop of all of that mm -hmm. to still make it into the playoffs. And, and I was just looking at, you know, sort of the progression of the table. We talk, I sort of touched on the fact that we were, only dropping the one game between 1st of January, 26th of Feb. We were top of the league for six games in a row. And it was really just uh, those four defeats from March onwards that really sort of scuppered our chances of top two. But uh, it's sort of remarkable the job that Bruce did in, in the face of so much adversity. Yeah, and I think um, when you talk about the, the, the membership scheme and transition to that, it's this, this, I mean, I think it's a familiar story that the Alums you know they had the, some of those suggestions were you know it was a bit of a mixed bag some things were, were you know reasonable enough some things were fairly unreasonable but for the most part what was consistent was the delivery of those messages was very very poor and the communication with with fans um was very very poor and i think you know that you know the, the, the earn earn your stripes um is a bit of a slap in the face to to the fans, you know, who have been supporting, you know, have been supporting the club for, you know, 10, 20, 30, you know, 50 years, you know, before the Alums were even on the scene. So um, I can I can fully understand why, um, you know, many of the fans were, you know, put offside by this um, on top of everything else that um, the Alums either had already done or would come to do. So, um yeah, I think they just just didn't really have a good. They needed a new, you know, um, you know, PR um, person yeah. or something because it just so they just could never seem to quite get it right. That's it. Um, well, I sort of touched on it at the start, but the one signing that we did make that that well January, so winter, um, was Nick Powell online from United. And from memory, I mean, he he had an okay spell with City. Um, a couple of hamstring injuries sort of undid him in that sense. I think he was a pretty exciting prospect at the time. I think he'd had a, um, a pretty reasonable loan spell. I think it was Crew Alexandra where he'd scored a, a winner at Wembley. Um, and of course, we also had um, Diamande come back from an injury late in December as well, who, whilst not a new signing, had been signed in the, the summer window, um, but only made his debut basically around this time of the year as well. Um, so that, they were really the only two signings that we, we brought in. So I guess when you consider the way we you know, quote unquote, dropped off in the second half of the season with, you know, losing a massive five games um, uh, or four games, I think. No, five games it was. Um, perhaps it was a fact that we didn't overly strengthen in January. Perhaps we, you know, it, I guess it's hard when you, you've retained a lot of the squad from the from the Premier League that it's hard to find the money sometimes to finance. But, you know, maybe an, an extra signing or two and we, we could have gone on for the for the automatic spots. But, but what, what did you make of or what, how did you assess that that January? Um, yeah, look, I think it's a, it's a weird, it's, it's a bit of a weird one, but I think also like, you know, if you're at the top, like if you're in and about and, you know, the squad you've got is doing the job, um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you just don't really feel the need like to, you know, especially if you go, oh, well, you know, I've got one or two blokes who are going to come back, you know, from injury or, you know, Snowgrass is coming or just come back you've got you know diamande some guys that are coming back well you know they're going to come in they'll help us freshen things up um i don't necessarily think it's the worst thing that we didn't make a um 
you know have more you know activity in that um window um so just think you know if it ain't broke don't fix it um it's sort of like you know we were doing the the players we had were doing a job um and i think sort of as well as you allude to there's probably been a significant outlay to to maintain the squad that we had in the championship um and so to bring anyone else you know anyone significant in really you were going to have to probably make some sales and i think that would have probably been more detrimental to us than the you know not the not bringing in more, you know, players into the squad. So. And I think I probably over-egged uh, Powell's influence that he made three league uh, appearances for us. So I think, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, not not the not the most prolific of spells for him. Um, we also had Connor Townsend head off um, to Scunthorpe that window, which was a sort of a pretty low-key departure at the time. But, of course, he's now back playing championship football, football for West Brom. Um, seemed one of those ones at the time where he was pretty reasonably rated, but was sort of third or fourth in line as left back. So you're not really not really going to get a look in in the side in uh, in that situation, I suppose. Um, but then we can move on. We'll talk talk uh, the football games themselves. Uh, we've already sort of been touching on the league form. Um, we talked in the first episode about the fact we had a pretty decent run in the FA Cup. We also had a similar run, uh, sorry, in the, league, yeah, in the League Cup in the first half of the episode. And then uh, similarly, we made it to the fifth round of the FA Cup which was uh, a pretty reasonable result as well with uh, wins over Brighton, Bury, and um, and then drawing Arsenal, which we forced a replay of when we drew the first leg nil-nil. Um, so not a, not a bad run in the FA Cup as well. We sort of talk each season about the benefits or the disadvantages of cup runs, but I think certainly that season when you consider the size of the squad that we had, um, giving giving the players um, enough football to keep themselves sort of focused and fresh and, and competing for spots in the team uh, can't have been a bad thing. No, I think um, it, it's probably no real uh, surprise that the you know the the, the the years we've seemed most successful, most competitive, have for the most part sort of correlated um, with you know or like being most successful in the league or most competitive in the league have correlated with seasons where we've actually done really well in the, in, you know, the um, cups as well. So um, I think it's just one of those things like success breeds success. And if you're winning games, it doesn't really matter what those games um, mean, whether they're league or cup or whatever, but if you're winning lots of games then you're breeding confidence, you're doing all the right things. And um, I think it just helps you to go out, um, you know, Good, good frame of mind. Good positive attitude helps you to go out and just keep and keep doing it and turning up and backing up for for the boys and for the club. You know when when times are tough. If you if you've been you know being successful and doing well. So yeah, and I guess the, one of the more noteworthy aspects of that FA Cup run was Juba Akpom scoring a hat trick against Barry. Um, we saw him in his prolific form for Middlesbrough last season in uh, in the Championship. Um, and then in the, in the league, we also had. Um, a first half hat trick for Hernandez in a six 0 win against Charlton, which was probably the most noteworthy of games in the second half of the season. Uh, from that perspective, um, uh, you know that that was a what was it twenty seven goals that season for uh, Hernandez? I think um, probably the most prolific season that we've had uh, from a player other than uh, Jared Bowen in recent years. So uh, a terrific season for him, and 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 really 
that second half of the season, we, we were battling a couple of sides. Like you look at some of the results, we had the 4-0 against Bristol City uh, and the 5-1 against Rotherham on the final final day of the season as well. Um, we were a pretty prolific side that season. Yeah, I think um, that that was that was what this this was I think what I expected or hoped from Hernandez when he first when he when he first signed with us. I you know I thought he'd been playing in in Italy in a good league, um, you know, doing well over there. That I thought he'd come in um, and, and just you know that he would be you know he's reasonably high profile we outlaid a fair bit on him um for the time it seems like it's it's peanuts now when you compare what we paid and we're like this is you know club record fees and it's like seven yeah. million or something and now even the small clubs are you know spending 20 million on bloody three people in the prem so but um yeah i think he just he he was just a really predatory striker for us in that season particularly. Um, and I think it almost felt like, you know, because I think then like the season after he started off pretty well, but then I think got injured again and sort of ruined the um, – or got sorry, got injured and that ruined, you know, the chance of actually like really carrying that over into the next season. But um, I think, yeah, he, he was sensational for us that, that year um, on any given day was – could, could have been, you know, considered unplayable. So um, I just, I wish we had someone um, like that now. Yeah, absolutely. But maybe Look, we do. You know, maybe, maybe Connolly or Delap will will take on the mantle. Be the new yeah, man. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, he did continue that form on into the playoffs, which is uh, sort of the main focus of, of the end of this season, where he uh, he did score the opener against Derby in that first leg of the semi final. Um, there was the own goal from Shackle uh, towards the end of the first half, where I think it sort of pinballed off. Um, Odebajo had taken the shot, and it sort of pinballed off, off a couple of players into the into the goal. Uh, and then Robertson scoring what, what at the time seemed just like a, an icing on the cake sealer in the 98th minute. And you think, oh, look, it's great to cap it off with uh, with that third goal. And then with the hindsight of that second leg where we, we lost it 2-0 to Derby, you think, oh, geez, you know, that third goal was actually pretty handy in the end to have. Um, it was a weird semi-final in that sense because you almost think uh, that the lead in the first leg was so great that you you kind of take your foot off the gas a little bit or you take your eye off the ball in that second leg where you, you kind of don't know, do you go all out and risk injuries ahead of a final? Do you go conservative but let them potentially back in the game? And it seemed as if we went a little bit to the ladder with that second second leg. But, um, yeah, it was a, a pretty intense semi-final. Yeah, I think... Um... Certainly, taking that big lead in, um, you know, into the second leg potentially. Yeah, I think that there's a part of that where they probably were just going. You know, we've got a three nil, got a three goal cushion. Um, you know, we just have to see the game out. We don't have to do anything special. We don't have to go and score goals. Um, so you know, let's just you know play it a bit safe and um, you know, tr- just get get through the ninety get to the playoff and then we'll worry or to the final worry about that but um yeah sort of certainly made for i mean i think derby as well re, the reverse they they realized that they you know had to come they had to score goals and they had to start fast and they had to put us under pressure um so i think you know sort of both sides of that you know meant that it ended up yeah very very nerve-wracking um 
towards the end of that second leg. Um, but and I actually I forgot they scored so early. They scored their first goal in the seventh minute, and then it was two nil after thirty six. And you think we'll basically having to hold on for about an hour. Mm. So I think um, yeah, it was it was pretty wild, pretty nervy, um, but we we managed to get the job done just. Um, and then we and then, then again, then we went to the next game and managed to get the job, job done. Just. Yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> and the, the wild thing, and, and the, the, the great thing about doing this flashback episode, looking back on the second half of this season, was this was actually when the podcast started. So I, I have reasonably clear memories of uh, sitting around the table at home doing up the notes for that final and, and doing a bit of analysis on all the Chef Wednesday players. So that's probably my first clear memory of the podcast. Obviously, we'd, we'd done a few episodes prior to that, um, but we'd sort of rounded up the month's worth of games because that was back before I follow. So we couldn't even watch the games. We basically just did an episode every televised game and said, let's uh, summarise all the games in between. But I've I've clear memories of sitting down and doing some notes and thinking about the uh, Chef Wednesday game. And, you know, it's it's a strange feeling because obviously we had that FA Cup final loss to Arsenal where we were such clear underdogs. To go into a game like this as the favourites and with the strongest squad and you think, we should like the pressure. It's a different sort of pressure when you're thinking, you know, we are the ones expected to win the game. And um, my memories of the game, I mean, we watched it at Cheers, Mitch, myself, and a few others, um, was a very nervy game, but it was one where we seemed we, we had the bulk of the chances and it did always feel like we'd come out in the right sort of mentality, in the right manner of playing. It was really just a matter of time. We were grinding down uh, Westwood in goal for, for Chef Wednesday. And we did in the second half. And it was, you know, as seems our way at Wembley, we, we get oh, the winning goal has to be a screamer and and, and Modiami delivered. Yeah, look, I, um, I'm fairly certain if I still had access to my old Twitter account or, or Facebook or something, that if I scroll, scroll back enough years, I'm pretty sure there'd definitely be some comments about this game. And it's probably some, there'd be something about Westwood and like, you know, if he's available, we should sign him because yeah. he was, he was, a, you know, credit to him. He was outstanding and he, he kept them in, in the game for a lot, for a long, long time with some outstanding work. Um, but I, I think, you know, as you, you know, the, the quality that we had in the squad, um, I wouldn't say it was inevitable, but, you know, they just needed an opportunity, you know, the opportunity to, to to showcase what they had, and I think, you know, um, eventually, they, um, the army found himself in a little pocket of space, um, looked up, took a shot, and sort of the rest is history. And I love this image because you've got Huddleston there celebrating. I'm, I'm fairly sure he's celebrating before the ball even gets, you know, hits the back of the net because as soon as Diarmi hits it, it's such a sweet strike that you just know it's it's heading into the back of the net. And, uh, yeah, look, it was pandemonium. And, and then, of course, you know, it's sort of lived on in infamy, the fact that, you know, the unfortunate side of it being that with the relationship with the owners, um, our end of the ground wasn't as full as it would have otherwise been. Chef Wednesday, therefore, getting very upset about the fact that of course, because they have more supporters, they should, you know, have some right to win the game and and, and go on to the Premier League. But it's not the way football works, and and so uh, we we were the ones to triumph. And and I guess I guess the other element to sort of reflect on out of this game is, you know, and, and we won't delve into it too much because it's more for the next episode. But just the way that this was the end of Steve Bruce's relationship with City. This was the last game that he managed for us, and uh, you know, what a way to go out in one sense, I suppose. 
Yeah, I think um, it's an interesting one on reflection. Um, but if you do, yeah, if 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 you do look at it as the, you know this is the last um, you know c competitive match that he um, you know managed for us, then you're right. What a way to go out. Um, you know, fulfilled his brief, did the job, got us back to the pram. Um, and I think, you know, I, I mean, I've said it before. I mean, there's lots of people who seem to have issues with, with Bruce, with his management style, with his, you know, um, you know, tactical, um, uh, like his default tactics and, you know, how he likes to play the game. But I think he was a, he was a great servant, um, for us, you know, was very, had, very successful period with us. I think. I think with us, he was the most successful he's been with any of the clubs um, that he's managed with at. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that's really good. But yeah, as as you sort of alluded to, it's a bit disappointing how it sort of all um, ended. You know, fairly acrimoniously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, yeah, well, I mean that just that just about wraps it up for this season. Were there any closing thoughts or reflections you had on on the season? Um, no, I don't know. Maybe just I just miss some of the, the players that we had, but obviously they're all old and retired yeah. now and whatnot. But just just they were they were just they were just a joy to i mean i feel like we're getting that again this season where like the football is is getting to a point where it's just it's just fun to watch and it's enjoyable watching um city play but i think that's probably the biggest thing i miss it's been a while where we've since we've had you know players um you know and a team that was just fun to watch and yeah. i think that's actually a great point to round it off with because that squad was arguably or maybe not even arguably stronger than the squad that would follow in the premier league because this was the season i mean we retained mcguire and robertson and those guys but but you know you think um we had obviously that that photo in austria where um it was about eight eight senior players fit in the squad you know otobajo was basically the never never the same player after after this game um unfortunately you know, Diami left us to go to, to Newcastle and, you know, joining a championship club after this season. So a lot of the squad, you know, this was almost the peak of City, as, as you say, like watching this squad going around. And, you, you know, it'll be sad to talk over the next two episodes about that following season and and, and sort of the the remains of that City squad as it was and, and how it sort of slowly got picked apart even further that following season. But, yeah, this was just about peak City of, of the 2010s. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, thank you for joining me to reflect on this one, Dan. Oh, that's all right. It's been good. And, yeah, no problem. And uh, look, thank you, everyone, for, for joining us for this one. It's uh, good to fill the international break with uh, a bit of reflection on uh, some pretty fun times with City. And, of course, making the Wednesday fans cry is uh, is always enjoyable to, to look back on. Um, we will be back next week to review the Leicester victory. And we'll try and um, bring out one of these again in the near future as well. So until then, it's a bye for now. See you. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Odds. The music was created by Amber and Black.
Tigers are roaring and destiny's calling Cause now is the time Yeah, the city's on fire We're going higher and higher There's no turning back cause you're right